Generating traffic and sales can be a challenge for online merchants. But selling on the Walmart marketplace puts your products in front of millions of customers who shop on walmart.com. And right now, sellers who join Walmart Marketplace can save up to 50% on referral and fulfillment fees for the first 90 days. So get started today. Head over to marketplace.walmart.com savings. That's marketplace.walmart.com savings. Welcome to E-Commerce Conversations, a podcast by Practical E-Commerce. What's going on, Internet? Eric Bandoltz here, founder of Beard Brand, and we are back with another e-commerce conversation put on by Practical E-commerce. I have another two-guest show here in Austin, Texas. Looking across from me is Andrew Snavely, the founder of Primer Magazine. And to the right of me is Hunter Masters, the founder of Show Her Off Dance, or Show Her Off? Show Her Off, yes. Why don't you two guys take a turn and give me a little bit of a pitch about your business and what you guys are doing? Sure. So I started Primer in 2008, and it's a men's lifestyle magazine geared towards guys in their 20s and early 30s trying to get their feet on the ground. And um, we pitch it as the secret manual for the self-made man. So we talk about things that our culture doesn't teach us, how to buy your first suit, how to negotiate a pay raise, what to wear on a first date, things like that. Uh, So we've been doing it for about 11 years. And we monetize through ads, affiliate, and uh, direct sponsorships. And yeah, I started Show Her Off several years ago, and and that's uh, one of my brands. I have multiple brands. I like to do much stuff, but Show Her Off was built to help men sweep women off their feet. And uh, since this is e-commerce, I will say several years ago, I think 10 years ago, goodness, I built an e-commerce store and ran e-commerce, and and I had enough of it and sold it. So, uh, But learned a lot along the way, and hopefully we can share some good stuff. Yeah, so on on this episode, uh, what I wanted to talk about is really generating content and how that content can kind of be tied into your brand and your, your story. Andrew has built a very successful blog, creating amazing content. Also, uh, I mean, I guess you, you sell those posters too, right? Or sell them for free. They're free. Yeah. You can download them for free. So we have a free art download series, um, so that you can have nice art on your walls without having to spend hundreds of dollars. Yeah. Let, let's let's get into the, like the blog side of things first. How do you get someone to read your blog, man? Well, you know, it's tough. It's it's the same as getting an e-commerce customer. It's hard. That's the hard part is getting new readers. And there are several avenues. 
search is big for us, organic search. And so we put a lot of time and energy into improving what we're doing on site for uh, search rankings, because that's really the, f- the free passive traffic for getting new followers and readers. But we also do uh, Instagram and Facebook. So social media is a good way for finding new customers with hashtags or promoted ads. And word of mouth is a big thing for us. Also, people sharing it with their friends. Our newsletter has 30,000 subscribers on it. So people forward that to their friends. Be like, oh, you got to check this out. Or like, we were just talking about this. We get a lot of that, especially like with couples. We get a lot of uh, guys sharing it with their wives or their girlfriends who then share it with their friends, husbands, and things like that. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I probably shouldn't admit this, but I spend a fair amount of time on Reddit. So I always yeah. get excited when I see a primer post, yeah, yeah. someone, some random. Yeah, Reddit, Reddit's a, Reddit's a great, I mean, thing to talk about because it's um, very powerful. It can send you a lot of traffic and it's a very authentic group of people, but they're also very sensitive. So like we have never posted our own things to Reddit because they're very sensitive to people self-promoting and things like that. So if you can create content, I mean, I wouldn't say we do this on purpose, but you know, if you're, if the content you create resonates with the demographic of Reddit readers, then it can be amazing. It can to get in front of new people and uh, get a lot of traffic. Yeah. We talked about like kind of how you promoted it. Let's circle back to SEO because I would imagine that's where bulk of your traffic's coming from. Yeah. Are there any rules in 2019 that you got to follow when it comes to like an SEO handbook or search engine optimization? Yeah, so I'd say the big thing is I believe last year or the year before Google went to a mobile first algorithm. And so if your website is not optimized for mobile, you're going to get killed because your optimization for desktop is almost irrelevant from a search perspective. I mean, it's good for user experience if it's fast and if it's laid out correctly and, you know, you're using a proper structure like with headers and things like that. But in terms of getting search traffic, it has to be optimized for mobile, which, you know, is a whole different beast from desktops and has its own frustrating headaches that that we've been trying to, you know, figure out. Uh, So you have to start there. And especially as an e-commerce store, I would imagine that that can be hard finding a way to display your products on a very small screen and still tell that story effectively. Yeah. Speaking of story, like we were talking before uh, we, we pressed the record button but Ryan was saying like so much of, of, of really like your brand and probably the content that you create needs to be wrapped into the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, you know, for e-commerce owners, especially if you're newer ones, you can get stuck in this idea of, well, we sell these widgets and that's what our content needs to be about the widgets, how to use the widgets or something like that. And yes, you can make some content with that, but it's more about finding the story of your brand and, and what those widgets do. And that is like a good way to start for that is what do we stand for? What do we stand against? And it doesn't have to be anything like crazy. Like we stand for, you know, freeing millions of, you know, it doesn't have to be like this gigantic thing. It can just be like, we stand for more productive rooms, better layouts, cleaner houses, you know, like it's just something that whatever it is that helps while you kind of drive and uh, sell whatever it is you sell. And so, because what we're looking for is energy. 
So we're looking for what gets you excited about your products. And that energy is going to become the source for the content that you put out because if there's no energy in it, then people aren't going to want to consume it. Because we live in the day and age of Netflix where content is a dime a dozen. So it's not just good to making content is not enough. Like you have to make very good content or people just aren't going to pay attention. I, th- I think when you, you think about content, a lot of the first direction that e-commerce owners will go or product manufacturers or product designers will go is just like the sales pitch. Right. And, and like for all the listeners out there, when's the last time you just started browsing the internet, looking at like case studies or like sales pamphlets and stuff like that? I was actually just talking to Ryan about this the other day, you know, cause he has a really large and rapidly growing Instagram, uh, count channel. Yeah. Brand or whatever. Yeah, brand. Yeah. And, uh, one of my pet peeves on Instagram is like, you know, we'll have these influencers and then their sponsored posts look like ads from the eighties where they're like holding like a whatever bottle of whatever has been sponsored. And, uh, so a friend of mine sent me a, a sponsored post from house of highlights, which is like a sports highlights, Instagram account and uh, they had a famous baseball player. It was sponsored by McDonald's, but they had a famous baseball player go back to his homeroom with like some new like churros that McDonald's was doing just to give out to the kids. You never saw the churros. The only mention of McDonald's you had was in the beginning. We're like, I'm bringing McDonald's churros back to my home homeroom from high school. But the story is he walks in, the camera's rolling, and these kids just explode because he's this famous athlete that they've all heard of because he's famous, but also because he went to their school. Right. And so I told Hunter, like if I had seen a, an ad showing me a McDonald's churro, I would have scrolled right past it. But I watched this whole thing with this homeroom and this athlete and stuff. And I found myself asking like, what's the deal with these churros? You know what I mean? <laughs> and I think that that's, that's where we are now. It's like, it's all about the story. It's all about, lifestyle it's all about how to fit products fit in to who we are and that's kind of what you're saying i feel like people connect to the story and energy around a product not just what the product can do because especially you know a lot of e-commerce stores are selling things that are not unique to them most e-commerce stores aren't selling their own product necessarily and so the differentiator is what is what is the story that the customer is connecting to? Right. That he can project himself into is like, yes, I, and they don't, we never consciously like say, yes, I identify with the story, but subconsciously, yes, you do. And, and beard brand is a good example of that. Why does, why do some guys buy beard brand oil versus, you know, what, you know, whatever. And cause they see themselves as a beard brand guy and that's, well, what's a beard brand guy? Well, that's the story that beard brand puts out, you know, with in the story, like here it's, it's it's all encompassing of like the the photos and including the photo style and the wording, the name of the products. Like oh, this is all the story. So I, what I talk about with clients that I work with is finding you know your golden thread, which is kind of like a single document which which puts some of this stuff down about what we stand for, what we stand against, some heroes, some villains, uh, a couple of core value, core emotions. So for show her off, you know I stand for you know it stands for romance and. And some of the core emotions are love, hope, and courage. And that's bled through all of my content. 
And yes, dance is a technical thing that happens a lot on my page, but it's not a page about dance. There's tons of pages about dance, you know, and that's, this is how I you know, differentiate and get people to come out that, to events. That's a great example for you specifically is like, you don't teach people on your Instagram account how to dance. Mm-hmm. You're showing dancers, you're showing people dancing, but what you're really showing are people connecting mm-hmm. and that's the romance and that's, that's the real product that you're selling. Yep, exactly. Yeah, I mean, cause how many guys are like, I want to go and buy a dance course. No, they want to find a key to the castle, so mm-hmm. to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they want to see. They want to see. The, they want to see their girl happy. You know, yeah. Yeah. And, or uh, find a girl to make happy. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, and put themselves in a position that they can, you know, build relationships and find that uh, romance, as you say. Especially yeah. like with primer, I feel like you know a big part of our content is teaching guys how to dress well affordably. And I think that there is a small percentage of our readers who are fashion enthusiasts, but I think more so, and we talk about style in this way, style is a tool, you know, it's, it's how we show up to the world. It's how the world receives us is it's how we we're branding ourselves with what we wear. And I think dance is the same thing. It's, it's a tool for connecting with someone else, just the way our clothes are just the way our content does for the products that we're selling. I I think you just used like a really important word there, which was teach. So there's one aspect of content, which is like the story, which you can kind of help like bring emotion and realness to the products. But the other end is like, you can create content that directly educates your audience. And that education is a way to uh, bring value to their life. And I think that's ultimately like value and, and teach and story, like all those elements need to be your top of mind when you're creating content or else the content you produce is essentially about stroking your own ego. Um, so you have to almost shift from inside my preferences as the creator to the per- the reader uh, or the consumer of the content and, and what's going to bring value to their lives. And I think you, I mean, here we are talking about this, but you're really the expert at this. I mean, with what you've done with beard brand, like you guys, your content only partly is about grooming beards and beard maintenance. There's a lot of deeper thoughts and thinking that you guys cover that, you know, is very authentic and, the type of customer you have and attract resonates with that. And that's part of the reason why you would create that because you're, you're, you're not communicating with your customer just on the level of the thing that you sell. You're connecting with your customer with what type of person they are, you know, and and then in, in that regard, your customer then connects back to your brand because of your shared values. Yeah. And and we touch base on like, um, you know, the, the content from like a technical standpoint, like from an SEO perspective or Instagram coming in that way, I think from an e-commerce perspective, another important channel is, is email marketing, because as you get audience members to join your email list, what you can do is create a flow where you introduce them into this content. So you're not on this hamster wheel. How much do you feel like you're on a hamster wheel where you always have to create content to keep your, your site healthy? Yeah. Well, it's, 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 uh, 
that's a, a unique problem of running like a magazine style site is <coughs> it requires new content that that's part of the advantage of, of creating content for an e-commerce site is like you're saying, if you create a content email sequence for new customers, you're sending them evergreen content that could be helpful to them, you know, for years, every time you get a new customer signed up to the list. So I think that's the other thing. If, if you're an e if you're a business person that sells a product and you're, and you're listening to this, you're like, I do not have time to create content. You only have to create it once and then you can, send it out to every new customer that you have. Yeah, I would. Uh, I, I mean, a big thing for us that really transformed our business was setting up our email flows. And, and really, email is another content channel. So we started off with, you know, like a, a 10 email welcome s- sequence. So you only have to set that up once. You come up 10 emails. Email doesn't have to be a thousand words like a blog does. And uh, then it's on autopilot. Then you just kind of introduce them and, and you tell that story through multiple emails. You don't like, um, you know, hit a home run on the first night. You, you kind of go out on a couple of dates first. And I think that should kind of be your content strategy too. Yeah. Yeah. With another brand. Yeah. I mean, email is another way to connect more directly with, with your audience because you've got their focused attention. Or, you know, when they're in their email box, that's usually still a kind of a private sanctuary. So as long as you've trained them that the emails you send are valuable, whether that's entertaining or information, uh, they're going to read that and, and, uh, connect with you. So, um, I think, yeah, well, just what you said, like a starter of like basically how to use people are busy, you know, with e-commerce. And so a starter of how to use your stuff and get through it quickly. And then if you have stories where there's entertaining, you know, customer testimonials are always good success stories. Um, it just comes down to, yeah, I think just knowing that golden thread and being able to refer back to that and then using your email sequence to, to support that. Do you, do you have a formula formula for your content in terms of like, uh, they got to be a thousand words. They got to have a story. I, cause, cause you're super anal, about the, I love the, the content you create. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, especially for a content based business, it's sort of like, uh, you know, the content is our product. So if you think of it from a product standpoint, like you don't want to sell some of your products that are shitty, especially some of your entry level ones, because that's the first taste they get. So if, if I get a new reader that lands on a, on an article that isn't fleshed out, not very helpful, not well designed, um, they never come back. They leave and they never come back. And they, and they don't think twice, you know, they're not being malicious. They may not even think this website stinks. They just, they close out of the tab and they never come back. And there are some search best practices with length. I think it's like a minimum of 400 words or somewhere around there, 350 to 500 minimum for like a blog post, anything shorter and search engines kind of assume that it's, cheaper, not a whole lot of value to it. And then also kind of like you're saying about attention, you know, having graphics, having photography really fills out the words. What's hard for me as a word-based content creator is that nobody reads things. So the words have to be there. Otherwise people feel like this is a very shallow post but you also have to understand that most people, including myself, when I read other websites, you know, we're scrollers. So 
I think uh, when you talk about that, I think that's interesting because as an e-commerce owner, you kind of think about, well, you want to, you want everyone to read everything, right? And it's all right here. But the other thing is like, I think it's okay to understand that the majority of people aren't going to read the whole thing. And those people really don't matter. What matters are the the one out of a hundred that reads every single word in that article. And then that's going to be your customer, right? That's going to be the person who's like, holy cow, this content just blew me out of the water. Cause we'll, we, we kind of have a role at, at beard brand. Like we don't want to create content unless we believe it can be 10 times better than the top ranking stuff. So a lot of our content is, you know, 8,000 or 10,000 words, just like these really in-depth articles. Mm-hmm. And maybe, you know, people only need a section of that content and we try to make it pretty easily navigable, but, um, it's a competitive space out there. Mm-hmm. So if you're only doing 400 words and well, the other trouble I would say, that's a good point is even if you come up with something and you rank well, if it's not amazing to the degree, like you're talking about where it's just like definitive, someone will pass you by. It's like got a short lifespan because it's so competitive, you know? And so someone comes up with a new post about the topic that you wrote about. And unless the thing you wrote about is really thought out and, and with the reader in mind, in terms of helping them, your, your time at the top is limited. Yeah. So that will be from a strategy of SEO is not going to work, but it could still work from an email perspective. So I I don't want to discourage people to say like, Oh, I'm never going to be able to write a 10,000 word article. Totally. Well, write the thousand word article or write the 500 word article, get something out there and then integrate that into your email because you will still be able to use that. That's a good point. You were asking me about our content creating strategies. We, we create different types of articles. Some articles are titled and written about something that I know are the followers we already have will find really interesting or valuable, but will die as soon as those readers see it, knowing it's never going to do well on search. But that still has incredible value because that's several thousand page views from that day or two. And we provided value to our current readers. And then other posts we create will be created from a search perspective where it has that depth and it's structured in a proper way to rank and things like that. And then there are even others that are social based, ones that we think you create or title in a way that will get people to share it or reshare it. So while you're creating your content, you have to think about what you want this content to do. And you're right. Everything beyond the search ones don't have to be long at all. I mean, think about some of the viral stuff that gets sent around. It's super quick. So one thing I wanted to broach on is, you know, we, we think of content as blogs and Instagram posts and emails and stuff like that. One of the most crucial content areas, and I've talked about it a little bit on a previous podcast, is advertising. And I think like you've done some really unique things in regards to content, specifically your story about how to to go on a date (laughs) (laughs) utilizing Facebook. Like I think that's a really interesting story. Mm -hmm. Why, Why don't you really quickly tell our listeners what you did? Yeah, that was just a use of the the tools that I had, you know, available to me as far as, you know, I was was single at the time. And 
wanted to meet somebody and I'm not interested in doing online dating. I worked at home in my own office. So there's really just not a lot of social networks because I had just moved to Denver. And I was like, well, I do have a video camera. I make a lot of YouTube videos. So I made a quick video ad and uh, my background's in paid traffic. So I ran it. I was like, hi, I'm Ryan. I'm single and looking for my special someone and yada, yada. And so I ran it as a Facebook ad targeting single women in the Denver area who were, you know, this age range who liked, you know, working out or self-development, just trying different interests. Um, and yeah, it was interesting. Like the second day I ran it, the local nine news reached out to me and were like, Hey, do you want to be on the news? And uh, I was like, sure. But now that defeated the whole point of targeted advertising. Right? <laughs> you couldn't, couldn't trust the data anymore. After right. That. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. After that, it just like, you know, but it was, I, I learned a lot and it was a very cool, um, it was a very interesting use of, of paid traffic. And that's why I like it. It's always with paid traffic. There's always like little nooks and crannies that you can use, especially as an e-commerce owner. That's how, when we started my family furniture company that I took over, we had $500 and that was it. Like this was like in 2008 when it was the great recession, like we had $500 and like we had to make money from it. So that's what's even to this day still nice about paid traffic is you can, now the cost is your time, right? I, I read like three books about it at the time and was reading all these blog articles about AdWords and, and yada, yada, but turned, you know, took that $500 and turned around and that started getting us customers and flow, a flow of cash, which then eventually we got, you know, did deals with Pottery Barn and then, and then sold it. So since then, you know, I've managed like a hundred or not a hundred, $24 million in ad spend and brought back 143 million in, in, for my e-commerce clients. So it still works. And, uh, and content just makes it cheaper for you to do that. Right. Do you guys have any kind of like human emotion or psychology tips, like in ways to, to phrase a title or, or to like evoke those emotions that we talked about earlier, just kind of like maybe hacks? Yeah. I, I, I think for me, particularly, you know, I, I primer existed before Buzzfeed and BuzzFeed is like the king of that, where it's like like 10 tips to make your wife love you more. Number five will shock you, right? You like can't not click on that, right? And so for us, we wanted to be like, how to make your marriage better, like as told by a licensed therapist. No one clicks on that, <laughs> you know what I mean? So you, you do have to consider... And, and Hunter, you're good about this. Like you're always kind of poking me about this. It's like, well, what's the emotion? Like mm-hmm. you, like you have to, you have to hit on an emotion and it doesn't really matter what your product is. Like it's, it's, it's filling a need, even if that need is frustration, which is what a lot of products do. You know, it's like, why do you buy a bottle of water? Because you're thirsty or you're dehydrated. Okay. But there's 10 on the shelf. So what emotion are you going to try to connect with to get the customer to pick yours? Yeah. And the, and the thing is, it's tough. I think as someone, someone who's gone through, through this for a long time. And I remember reading and studying early, like emotions, like it's that example right there. When, if you think back, like we're not consciously thinking, oh yes, I'm buying Fiji water because I emotionally feel Mm -hmm. more combative. Like it doesn't happen. Like it all happens subconsciously. And like, it's a, I think it is a skill which anyone can develop with time of being able to separate the logic of why you're buying something in the emotion and then try to, as an e-commerce owner, speak more to the emotion of your products. And an easy way for e-commerce owners to do that, or at least get started, is go read your reviews over and over and over again and look at the words that people use 
when they talk about your product and how it makes them feel and like why they're happy and this and that, like that's a good starter point to getting some emotional copy um, for the rest of your messaging. And also like people, you know, the, the example is, you know, people do not buy a drill, they're buying a hole in the wall, right? Mm. What is the end result that they're looking for? And what does a hole in the wall do? Well, you know, depend now it depends on the audience. Like if it's a guy, it's like, it makes me feel accomplished because I have completed this project or and I've saved time and I've saved the family or whatever. And again, none of that, he actually literally says to himself, but that's kind of the story in his head is he's the hero that saved the day because he fixed the dollhouse that needed this drill hole or whatever, you know? Um, so that's your job as the e-commerce owners to be able to, to deduce and work from that backwards. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think for, for my perspective, uh, one of the things that I've learned recently, and this is probably from a lot of our experience on creating YouTube videos is like YouTube's a very competitive space and it's very kind of Buzzfeed esque. and we will frequently do kind of like, um, we call it like the kill emotion, like you know, these things will kill your beard, right? Mm. Where like people don't want to kill their beard they don't want to destroy it. They don't want like, so it doesn't have to be the word kill, but destroy or mess up or kind of like the negative uh, mistake driven things. Mm. And then of course the solution is to make sure that, that people do things to the best of their abilities and, and wrap it up in, in our core values too, which isn't about the negativity is about the positivity in them. I think that's very smart because if you think another thing you have to think about when you're, when you're packaging your information as content is how can you make it, um, useful to the most amount of people? And if that video was titled something about four ways to fix your beard, that's only applicable to the people that have already messed up their beard. Whereas now you're hitting on people that are trying to retain what they already have. And so they'll also click on it. So you've opened up your audience by a huge amount, just by the the angle that you've taken with the title. Yeah. So there's, there's so much that you can learn and gleam and, and just try to like look at the data, you know, use Google analytics and, and look at which blogs are doing the best and why are they doing the best? Is it, you know, a longer page on time? Is it, is it the title? Is it the format of the article or is it the competitive landscape? Did you just find an article that there isn't a lot of content on and you kind of hit that, that, um, pot of gold or whatever. Uh, I think there's a lot that you can really gleam and kind of optimize and tweak and test over time, but it is a lot of hard work and it is something that isn't directly going to drive a lot of sales like our, I think our conversion rate on our blog post is like 0.08%. So like an average, let's say our store average is like, you know, on just the store is like 2%. So this is like 0.08. So it's just so many people are coming in and they're not going to convert, but for us, it helps get people in the pipeline and then we can retarget them and kind of educate them and brand, encourage them to get into the email newsletter. And then you know, we're not trying to score on the first night. We're, we're going to go on a few days. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think uh, that's something that I have to convey to advertisers is if you're looking to spend a dollar and get a customer, you should do Facebook ads. The value in content is being valuable to a potential customer and doing it in a way that when they need what you sell, 
you're already in their mind, right? So whatever people are searching for, the other 99.2% that don't convert, they're just not ready to buy what you're selling in the moment that they searched for whatever they landed on that page for. But that doesn't mean that they won't be. And now you're in there. You're ahead of your competitors. So I always have to explain, like, it's 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 truly hard to measure the the conversion of content-based marketing because of how long tail that, that process is. Yeah. Well, I think we could probably talk about content creation and all the strategies and tactics all day. Uh, where can people find you guys on the internet or, or where should uh, they stalk you to ask yeah, check questions. out Primer. It's primermagazine.com. We're also on Instagram at Primer Magazine. Come say hi. Come drop by. Uh, and if you have questions about anything I said, happy to uh, follow up with you. So thanks for listening to me talk. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for all the, the tips. Um, so we've got Show Her Off. If you just want to see an example of content brand that I'm actively building, uh, RyanMasters.com, uh, Ryan Masters Marketing YouTube channel where I talk about paid traffic and all that kind of stuff and happy to help you out as well. Sweet. Well, this has been another e-commerce conversation. Thank you guys for tuning in. Hope you guys learned something new as always. Cheers. Keep on growing.